Awesome. It is so good to be here. Thanks, Georgie. Cool. So I don't know about you guys, but this week has been crazy for me. Very crazy, particularly like with all the smoke and the fog and stuff, but also I had reports due today. I didn't finish them. All my teacher friends cried a little bit. Um, it's just been hectic and kids are crazy. They just I have one child that literally in an assembly did not stop looking at me and touching me. Just let that sit for a bit. It was so uncomfortable. I had to move. But this week has been crazy. But our God is such a gracious God. And um, He's just so good that He works through us fragile and broken and tired people. So um, I'm going to pray and we'll get into it. God, I thank you for this word that you've given me. I thank you that it's something that you've been unpacking for years, really. Um, and God, I just pray that you tailor make this for every person here, that um, they just have a sense of your presence, they be challenged by you, encouraged by you, convicted and inspired by you. Um, God, I thank you that you are gracious and heavenly Father. In your heavenly name, amen. Awesome. So I don't know about you guys, but Kanye has just been like, all on my mind this week, as well as Jesus, but Kanye too. Every single morning at work, I pump up the Kanye, get going for school, then I bring my six-year-old students in. It's awesome. But I've, I've been listening to him and challenged by him, but also there's just a clip I go want to show you guys, and then, um, yes, so check out the video. I don't know why I sat down, like to get the squats or something. Anyway, but yeah, God has been calling me for a long time, but the devil's been distracting me. So God has been, I guess, unpacking this idea of what a calling is. For such a long time, when I was at uni, I was like, I'm called to be a teacher. I'm then going to do the teacher thing, smash that, and then that's my calling done. It's kind of like we just float in between life until we find our calling and we can do our calling. But that's not what a calling is. And I just wanted to share with you what God's been talking to me about for a few years, but also this week as well. Um, it's interesting that you said that, Judah, because this is just super fresh from this week. So here we go. Awesome. So um, I have a story I'd love to share with you. I've been working at Pacific Hills for four years now. And the first time I had an interview there... Well, it's kind of like the third interview. I didn't turn up to two interviews. But I had an interview... And all the head of the schools were there. And we were having a good chat. I was super calm, super relaxed. Like, really calm. It was amazing for an interview. Just sitting down, having a chat with them. And, like, I found out I knew them or I kind of knew their family members or lived in the same area. We are just talking, getting along and laughing. Like, it was good. We were best buds. And then <clears throat> Dr. Edward Boyce walked into the room. And the atmosphere changed, let me tell you. Something happened. This man just carries this presence, like Holy Spirit presence. Anyway, I went from being super relaxed and comfortable going, all right, something's going to happen. Anyway, so he comes in, he sits down, he greets me like, hello, sister in Christ or something like that. He says it all the time. And then and the first question he asked me is, Bethany, what are you called to do? What is your calling? And I sat there trying to like figure out something really epic to say to kind of like just I don't know, amaze him so I can get this job. And I was like, oh, well, mm, that's a good question, Dr. Boyce. Mm. And then I, I went back to when I was younger. I, um, we were a my parents were pastoring a church, and then we um, moved from another church after God called us elsewhere. Um, 
But I didn't really have like a, a strong female like youth leader role model in my life. And I always thought I, I wanted that. I needed that. And so I said to him, well, Dr. Boyce, I really feel like God has called me to be a, um, to, to be a, a role model in other people's lives. And I just, what? I didn't have that when I, I blubbered like a mess. It was disgusting. I had snot over my face. My mascara was running. Like that's the first impression I give him. Anyway, so it was a, it was a horrible mess. And through the tears and the disgustingness, he actually began to speak into my calling. And after I kind of composed myself a little bit, I think I cried for like 45 minutes nonstop. <laughs> it was a good interview. But it came, the, it came out well. Anyway, so while I was sobbing and stuff, and he was like, your calling in life, first and foremost, is to be a daughter of Christ. That's your calling in life. And through the overflow of that relationship, you then do everything else. You, you, you are a role model through your overflow. You're a friend. You're a sister. You're a, a daughter. You're a teacher through the overflow of your relationship with God. So that was kind of like the beginning of the unpacking. So this week, I went to Dr. Google or Pastor Google, I don't know what we call him many days, but Pastor Google and this guy's name called Oz Guinness. I think he's some Christian guy. People know him, right? Oz Guinness? Yeah, Lige knows him, so that's good. So Oz Guinness states that we have two callings in life, a primary calling and a secondary calling. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So as followers of Jesus, our primary calling is into relationship with Jesus Christ. We are called to a person, not a place, not a position, not an area, but we're called to a person. We are called by Christ, to Christ and for Christ. We are called to follow Jesus, to not be Jesus, but to imitate Him in our day-to-day -day life. We're called to come out of the darkness and into light by following our Lord. It's kind of like the triangle, the up, in and out, in a sense. And I think about where our primary calling is like the strong beam on the cross. It creates the structure. It is thing that supports everything else. So our primary calling is that strong beam of the cross that um, supports everything else. It creates stability and strength. So that's the primary calling. The secondary calling well, it says in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So your secondary calling is everything outside of your relationship with God. It's the horizontal beam on the cross, the overflow of your relationship, the overflow of your time with God, dwelling and resting in His presence. That is the overflow, which is in every aspect of your life. Your secondary calling is your family, your immediate family, the people closest to you. They're, they are your secondary calling. That's who God is calling you to. Your secondary calling is also your friends, your church, where you serve in church, how you serve in church, your workplace, your community, your sporting teams, your school, your parents group, your university, your relationships, your dog walking friends, your dog, I don't know. But your secondary calling is every aspect of your life outside of your relationship with God. It's every relationship you have. 
So there's this quote I came across and it says, the work, or I guess really the life of believers is thus seen to possess a significance that goes far beyond the visible results of that work or that life. It is the person working as much as the resulting work that is significant to God. There is no distinction between spiritual and temporal, sacred and secular work. All human work, however lowly, is capable of glorifying God. Work is, quite simply, an act of praise, a potentially productive act of praise. Work glorifies God, it serves the common good, and is something through which human creativity can express itself. So our work is our secondary calling. Every facet and area of our life outside of God is our secondary calling. But we're not called to just be a mum. We're not called just to be a teacher like I once thought, because I was just to be a teacher, I would be the suckiest friend which I have been this past couple of years. I'm really sorry about that. Trying to balance it out. But we're not called to one place of our life. We're called to be in relationship with God and then every other aspect of our life. I loved tonight, the whole beginning. I honestly thought I didn't have to preach because I'm like, so many people have heard from God already. What do I need to say anything? But I think I'm going to just remind people tonight to realign, to recenter ourselves. This week, this has just been my life, realigning and recentering myself. But I think God wants to do more of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, it says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I laid down in all the churches. And a little bit further on in 24, it says, Brothers and sisters... Ted Boyce would be really proud of that. That's what he calls everyone. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God, like it's our responsibility, should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Wow, right? So everyone should know Brent. He's pretty awesome. Um, And with his approval, I'm going to share a story. So Brent grew up in a Christian home. And in his late teens, he began to kind of do his own thing. Being, but I guess his relationship with God was very ticker-boxy. He didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with God. So he began to just drift away from church. He got really sewn into basketball like he was in reps. Yes, he's really good. You should watch him sometime. Um, <laughs> and he was playing basketball, hanging out with friends, working full time. He had all these things going on. And that was his, that was his focus. I guess his secondary calling was his focus for a while. But in the last few years, he came back to church, not just to church, but he came back to God. He had a revelation of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He developed his own relationship with God that wasn't through his parents, but his own. But the amazing thing, like that's awesome. Don't get me wrong, that is awesome. I'm so grateful for that. But the amazing thing is he didn't just drop his basketball friends. He hasn't just stopped talking to people at work because they're not on the same page as him. He hasn't stopped hanging out with his friends before that. He's actually going deeper into them knowing that he's placed there for a reason and not just by convenience. He's not just there because they're fun people to be around or because they're good at basketball too. He's there and they're there because God's placed him there to make a difference. God's placed him there to be Jesus to them. So we are called by Christ, to Christ and for Christ. The thing is, We may be the only Jesus that people ever encounter in their life. I'm not saying we should be Jesus. We're never going to be Jesus. Trust me. I tried it for a day. Fail. 
But we're called to imitate Christ, to walk with Christ, allow Christ to walk with us as well. But we may be the only Jesus people encounter. So we actually need to be developing that relationship with Him. To becoming more like Christ takes time. I've tried to like, actually I have a student today who was trying to mimic me the whole time. Then I tried to mimic him. It was lots of fun, reverse psychology. But I found it so difficult because I had to watch every, every tiny thing he did. The way he held himself, the way that he's pulled his face, how he like swung off a railing. I tried to do that too, but it was dangerous. But I tried to imitate him and it was hard. It took time. But that's exactly the same with Christ. It takes time. It takes our attention. And actually, we need to be doing that. So we may be the only Jesus people ever meet in their life. So the thing is, we will see the greater when these two areas of our lives, these two callings in our life are positioned in the right place. Where the primary calling is our relationship with God and then the overflow of that is our secondary calling, everything else in our life. But when we strengthen only one, when we focus only one, the other may perish. So I've got Rico's going to help me out with something for a sec. Thank you. He's a legend. Kind of just jumped in him before the service and he was like, yeah, sure thing. I can help you. He's a top guy. <laughs> awesome. So this is a cross. How cool is that? So the middle, the um, vertical... Yes, the vertical is our primary calling with God. It's what is securing us. It is what we're founded on. But it's also what is holding up our secondary calling. Without this part, everything else, not yet, everything else fails. (laughs) So when we strengthen only our primary calling, our secondary calling perishes. Well done. Do you can clap, clap. Woo! <laughs> well done. So the thing is, we risk viewing full-time ministry as the only valid form of ministry. When we focus on our primary calling with, with God and our relationship with God, we can minimize our everyday life, our secular work, our conversations with friends who aren't saved, our conversations with family members who don't know Christ either. We begin to just... I guess, diminish all of that and focus on God. Now, don't get me wrong. Focusing God is awesome. It's good. It's very good. But when it's the only thing, we actually miss out on half of the cross, half of the cross that Jesus died on. Like he died on that for us, not just for this part, but for both aspects of it. Oh, also, I forgot to say, (laughs) the title of my message is Top Tips from Kanye. I'll get to that later. (laughs) Um... Cool. Lost my track of the word. Oh yeah, so we can minimise our everyday life and our secular work. So my dad was telling me a story back in the 80s, the good old days apparently. Oh, it was. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, I don't know. After I heard this, I don't know if it was the good old days. So apparently in the 80s, being a pastor was seen as the the best. Like it is good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But it was seen as the only way that you can actually impact other people in in the world. It was seen as the only way that people can reach people for Jesus by standing on a pulpit, by saying some cool words and throwing out some Kanye rhymes. But that's how it was seen. On top of that, being a missionary, like my sister would be, 
up here. Being a missionary was the highest calling possible. People admired that place. People admired that position and that role in society. But luckily, our church is coming to you. The church is coming to a new era. Our focus is the community. So we now know that church isn't the field. We don't come here to save the person sitting next to us. I'm not here to save Evie. The church is the force that God uses to go into our community, to go into the world and make a difference. So church isn't the field, it's the force. My mum also, you learn so many things when you just ask questions. My mum had this epic experience. She was in church just before mum and dad were married. So in this church, not in here, down the other kids' room? Yes, cool. Just have to get, I need context, you know. So they were in church and someone was preaching an epic message. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure it was good. Anyway, mum's sitting there and she's just hearing the Holy Spirit convict her. And the Holy Spirit is saying, Leave. Get out of the walls, get out of the church. Where you need to go is outside, where the people are, where the people who are lost, the furthest away from God, go there. And so unfortunately for the preacher, mum was obedient to God, stood up, probably stomped a little bit, got a less sassy walk in her, and then walked out of the building and outside. She then began to walk around the community, praying over the community, prophesying and declaring that community was God's. That is what God is calling us to do. We don't just come here to hear a good message. We come here to be equipped to go out into our community. We come here to be refreshed and rejuvenated and re- revived to go into our families, to go into our secondary callings, but also to strengthen our primary. So when our primary our calling is our focus and we're strengthening that, our secondary calling can perish. All right, thanks. On the flip side, when we strengthen only our secondary calling, our primary calling perishes. Each time it gets better. What a legend. Imagine we did the third time. It would be epic. Don't do it now though. No, no. (laughs) So... When we strengthen only our secondary calling, we risk having our family, our work, our church, um, our friends become an idol in our life. Just let that sink in for a bit. I know for myself, I'm always getting occupied and probably preoccupied and focused on every other aspect of my life, thinking that the more I do, the more impact I have. But in reality, the more I stretch myself, the less I have to focus on my primary calling. So I love God. I've said this so many times this week. He is so gracious. You know, sometimes Holy Spirit will say something to you and then you don't listen and then he sends you a situation. That happened this week. So last week in praise and worship, um, God just whispered to me, get ready. And I was like, get ready for what? Something going to happen? Is a a fire going to come? Like actually going to come? But no, God just said, get ready. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. I'll get ready for work. I'll get ready for church. I'll get ready for the stuff I do. Anyway, I didn't listen. The last couple of weeks, I've been house sitting. And because I'm house sitting, I'm living out of a suitcase. Their wardrobes are full. Their dirty washing basket is full as well. So all my dirty washing has ended up on the floor with my clean washing, and I thought I'd do the good thing and get ready for work, so I washed all my clothes, hung them out, and then I had my, unfortunately, still a dirty pile of 
things you don't want to see on the floor. So imagine that, but don't imagine that. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> so the house was a, like the house is a mess. I'm normally a clean person, I think, but the house is just. <gasps> There is so much I can say, but I'm holding my tongue. (laughs) So the thing is, I went to work on Wednesday morning and um, I knew the state of the house, but I'm like, no one's going to come over. I'm not expecting anything. I'm I'm going to work. That's, That's where God is calling me to work. Also, the time's calling me to work. Anyway, so I get a message from my friend at 7.50 in the morning. I got to work at 7.30. And she says, hey, just checked my emails. So sorry to let you know this, but you don't have to do anything. We're having a house inspection at 10 o'clock today. You don't have to do anything. You'll be fine. And I get the message and instantly, praise the Lord, no one is in my room. My face flushed. I was like, my dirty laundry on the floor, exposed everywhere. I felt like I was so vulnerable. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Anyway, so the whole day I'm so anxiety ridden. I'm like, what are they going to say? What if they like tell Aaron and Tom that I'm a mess and I'm a grub or if they think it's them that's even worse because I know when you have house inspections you have to do a lot I don't I don't know I haven't done it before but it was so anxious and then God kind of reminded me get ready I'm like ah right because the whole week I'd leave at 7 30 get home at 9 or 9.30 or 10 or 10.30 or 11, just because of I had other commitments. I was at church doing stuff. I was hanging with friends or I was just out doing things. So I'd literally come back home, sleep, get ready, go to work, do the whole thing, repeat for about three weeks now. I'm exhausted. I'm living on like coffee and adrenaline. That is it. So if I don't make sense, apologies. Um, but the thing is, God just challenged me. You know what? That's not how I've called you to live. I don't want you to be going out and spending yourself and using all of your energy just to do things and impact things and because that's not what I called you to do. I've called you to me. I've called you to relationship with me. That needs to be my primary focus. And after that little day, every other day, the house was spotless. Because I knew I had to be ready for any person to walk in, for any encounter I might have, for any opportunity that God was going to drop in my lap, whether it was a good opportunity or a house inspection, I don't know. But I had to be ready. Literally, like the queen could walk in and feel she was in a royal palace. It was that clean. Hopefully it stays that clean. Um, I'm still learning. But the thing is, my secondary calling had outweighed my primary calling. I forgot to dwell in God's presence. I forgot to rest properly in his presence. Not just sleep, not just eat good food, but rest in him. So the last few days I've said no to things. I've left things early just so then I could go home. I could open my Bible, put praise and worship music on. I could spend time with him. If I hadn't done that this week, I would have cried 50 times. It has been that week. But God is so gracious. This message is for me. And I hope God's speaking to you about this as well. So it's only when our two callings are held together in the right order will we experience the greater. With our primary strong and steadfast and our secondary reaching out within the grace that God has given us. So the reason why I showed you a snippet of the Kanye video is because this week I've been researching into him 
And I think God is doing something. I have a video I want to show you, but Kanye knows his first chord to God. But he also knows where he is right now, where he was before God called him, is just as important to stay in because he has so much impact in the world. Mac actually made this video, which is awesome. But there's some snippets in this where I'm just like, God is doing something. And I can't be the Christian he sings about saying I'm going to like talk about him badly or smack talk him because God is moving. Whether this is a Christian phase Whether it's just a moment in his life, God has been glorified through him, through Kanye. Who would have believed that? So check out um, this video and then if the musicians could come up as well, that'd be sweet.
I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty great. He knows he's God. He knows that he is being called to God first. But over, through the overflow of his relationship, he's doing all he can to spread the good news about our God, to spread the good news about our Jesus, our Saviour. That, that is great. And I want to be on board with that. I want that to be in my life. I want to replicate that in my life. And I hope you guys do too, because when we do that together, not just Kanye, not just one person, but every single one of us gets this right. It's a balance, I'll be honest. It's going to change all the time. But when we continue to look to God, to realign our hearts, to check in with God and get this right, we are going to see the greater and our God is going to move greater in our world. Calling is the truth that God calls us to Himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism lived out as a response to His summons and service. It's all for God. And I feel like tonight it has all been about God. And we're going to keep that going for the next few minutes. We're going to keep that going. It's all about God. So as the band plays, I encourage you to stand, to sit, to kneel, to just be with God, to realign those areas of our life, to realign our primary and our secondary callings, knowing that He called us first to Him so that He could then call us out to the world. So as the band plays, just take that time. Allow Holy Spirit to talk with you, to challenge you perhaps, to encourage you, to convict you of something or to inspire you to go greater, to go further. I know God has placed things in my heart, things I never thought would come true or even be possible. But I know through Him I can do that when I stay steadfast with Him. I dig my roots deep and I spread out to where He has called me to.